2: Bitcoin has staged quite the comeback, pushing its market value over $1 trillion for the first time since its heyday back in 2021. Today, we're going to take a look at what Bitcoin is and how investors can get involved. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Game. We're talking Bitcoin. We're talking cryptocurrencies. Let's bring on Bill Uliveri owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview, check out his website, com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E-capital.com. Bill, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast.
3: Hi, Andy. Oh, it's great to be back. All right, Bill, we'll
2: get to our million-dollar Bitcoin forecast and how we're trading Bitcoin and other crypto in just a second. But before we get started, let's give the Gaines listener a a quick primer on bitcoin bitcoin is like digital cash but without the need for banks or credit card companies in our current system when we buy something or purchase something online it usually involves these middlemen who take a fee for processing our transaction plus we have to trust them with our sensitive information but what if there was a way to pay without relying on these intermediaries And that's where Bitcoin comes in. Bitcoin is a digital currency designed to solve these problems. Instead of a single authority like a bank keeping track of transactions, Bitcoin relies on a decentralized network of users. So everyone in the network keeps a record of all transactions, which makes it extremely difficult for anyone to cheat the system. That record of transactions, it's like a ledger. And when they're talking about the blockchain, as each transaction is added, it's like another link attached to the chain of transactions. So this means no single entity can control or manipulate the flow of transactions, making it cheaper, faster, and more secure. And many people, including myself, and I'm sure, Bill, you're with me on this one, believe this is likely the future of money and transactions. That's a really boiled down kind of explanation of what Bitcoin is, and I want you to kind of expand on that. What is Bitcoin and how does it work?
3: gosh, Andy, explaining what bitcoin is I mean, if you talk to a hundred people, you're going to get a hundred different descriptions, but Bitcoin is a it's it's pure it was purely designed to be a peer to peer or person to person version of electronic cash that would allow payments from one person to another without going through a financial institution.
2: You know, the key is it's decentralized. And the other thing is it uses blockchain technology. And so one transaction builds off of another, just like a links in a fence. And I just kind of want you to explain that as well.
3: So I like to explain uh, blockchain and Bitcoin a lot like our our local train system, right? Our commuter train system, the railroad tracks that my local train when I when I get on a train in my local station and it takes me downtown Chicago, the the rails that that take me there that the train is on is is what I call blockchain. The actual car that rides on top of the rails that has people in it and cargo and luggage. That's what I call Bitcoin. It's the value that rides on top of the rails, which is the payment system. So that's how I describe the difference between Bitcoin and blockchain. So Bitcoin is the medium of exchange. It's this massive ledger system that keeps track of value and and ownership of one person to another. But the rail system that it works, obviously it uses the Internet. The blockchain is the type of, um, it's, the, it's the code that exclusively updates and debits and credits the system uh, between two people. It's It provides the trust system of, uh, again, of transfer of ownership in a digital world.
2: Okay, moving over to the trading of Bitcoin. On December 7th, 2022, right here on the Gains podcast, We made that million dollar Bitcoin forecast. It was under 18,000 a token. Then we kind of called the bottom there and said, uh, you know, it's going to, we're going to move from here. You know, it it looked very technically like a bottom. We called it within a week or two. Uh, And like I said, it was under 18,000, it was 17,000 and change. Now we're over 50,000. It's catching the eye of investors again. I'm hearing more and more about, yes. wow, Bitcoin's come back. You know, they never want to buy. And it's funny how investors never want to buy it when it's under $20,000. But then when it climbs up, you know, and starts approaching former all-time highs, then all of a sudden it gets interesting to them at 50000 <laughs> right. about Talk about trading. But we're seeing it perk back up. A lot of people had called crypto a scam and it's clearly not a scam, Um, and it's still here, and it's trading, and and it's moving. What's behind, do you think, that rise that we've seen over the last three, six months?
3: Well, Andy, I'm going to just put on my investment advisor hat here, and that is, you know, in the past, people that were Bitcoin enthusiasts believed that Bitcoin was an alternative asset class, that it existed outside our normal financial system. That somehow it was a protection against inflation or it was protection against um, uh, the the debt issues of the United States and it would somehow insulate it was it was a form of insurance against the collapse of Western civilization and uh, and things like that and and, and so far that that is still true what's also true is that bitcoin is considered a risk on asset in other words when the economy does well and things are picking up and the monetary liquidity from the federal reserve and the treasury are flooding the world with with liquidity bitcoin goes up and when the economy gets rug pulled like it did in 2022 or you know 2021 to 2022 where every asset class suffered especially the nasdaq and the bond market sap 500 there was nothing was left untouched by that. And even Bitcoin went from sixty thousand down to, you know, fifteen thousand or so. So what's moving Bitcoin is supply and demand. Just like every other asset class. But it is interesting that about every other asset class, and one thing that Bitcoin has that other asset class don't is supply issue. Like there's always demand. Either you want it or you don't. But the thing about Bitcoin is that it has a limited fixed supply of 21 million tokens. And of the 21 million tokens, about 19.5 or 19.6 million are already spoken for. So this makes Bitcoin a really interesting proposition, especially in a world of $32 trillion of debt that the United States has. And this unlimited money supply that the government and US Treasury seem to be addicted to. So, make a long story short Bitcoin is new technology, it's rare, it's digital, and it's really, really an interesting um, commodity if you want to look at it that way, um, where it has a limited supply and not just at the whims of manufacturers or the Federal Reserve, or U.S. Treasury, you know, creating more money out of thin air.
2: Besides Bitcoin, there are a a bunch of other cryptos, and we've talked about them in the past. Um, Just to kind of name a couple, I mean, you have Neo, Dash, Uniswap, uh, Dogecoin, we talked about Doge, that was the Elon Musk darling a couple years ago, Shiba, Mana, which is the currency for Decentraland, Ethereum Classic, you have Ethereum that you use for fuel for NFTs. The one thing that I've noticed in in dabbling in some of these alt tokens as well, in a lot of ways, they do seem to trade kind of lockstep, and I've I and and it's always based for the most part on how well Bitcoin is doing. It all comes back to Bitcoin generally. From what I'm speaking, I mean there there are projects and there are runs in certain crypto, but the health of almost all the tokens out there. Uh, It all comes down to the the strength of Bitcoin.
3: Sure it does. It sure does. And it's very similar, Andy, to Bitcoin being the Dow Jones Industrial or the S&P 500 of the cryptocurrency world. Now, back in the old days, when I started on the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange, it was IBM. The nickname of IBM was the horse. That was the nickname, Big Blue or the horse. If IBM went up, the market went up. If IBM went down, the whole market went down. And so IBM was the proxy for the health of the stock market. And now Bitcoin is the proxy for the health of the cryptocurrency world. If Bitcoin does well, you can pretty much assume that all cryptocurrencies, all 10,000 of them, or however many there are, 20,000 cryptocurrencies there are, they're going to do well. And each one has its own value proposition, each one has its very unique solution. And again, money is now programmable. And that's what makes this whole thing really interesting. But again, the proxy, the horse, the one, the one token that you look at that is the barometer for cryptocurrency. It's Bitcoin.
2: And then with these alt tokens, though, um, you know, Bitcoin being crypto gold, with these alt coins, you know, I talk to a lot of people who trade them all the time, and they have no idea their utility or their project. Um, I have to admit, sometimes I just trade them as well. If they're in the top 100, they're legit crypto. And does it really m- matter to me if I know how to use Uniswaps to make a certain type of, uh, uh, of 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 token or, you know, you buying Neo? Do I really need to understand the project? And I wanted to get your thought on that. Uh, do you uh, do you trade stuff without fully knowing the projects? And what's your approach for especially these alt oh. tokens?
3: Andy, I was a floor trader. We would trade oranges against soybeans. We would trade apples against General Motors. Like it doesn't matter. It really um,
2: doesn't, and then I'm glad you mentioned that. And and that's the, and that you know my original point. All of this follow all these alt tokens follow Bitcoin for right. the most part, but a lot of them there's so many out there. And like I said, we we just trade them. They got a ticker, they got a chart. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
3: But here's the interesting thing, Andy thing, Andy, and that is the S P 500. If you were to break it down into industry sectors. There's 40 broad sectors that comprise the S&P 500. It's software, hardware, electric utilities, gas utilities, airlines, roofing, building materials, like safety and protection. We could go into the 40 sectors that comprise the S&P 500. In the world of cryptocurrency, the same thing is happening. We have DeFi, which is decentralized finance, network tokens, exchange tokens, stable coins, currencies. Metaverse and gaming, interoperability between different tokens, lending tokens, privacy, uh, governance tokens. Like There's already becoming this whole new parallel financial system in the world of cryptocurrency. And it's, it's mind-blowing and it's moving so fast that it's almost hard to wrap our minds against it. You have Ethereum, Solana, Arbitrum, Polygon, Avalanche are all these different network and, 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 languages that are, are providing, you know, this transfer of value and information. And it's just, it's just going so fast. It's hard to really wrap our, our minds around it, but the crypto, the world of cryptocurrency is becoming more and more similar to traditional finance, except it happens at the speed of light, almost instantaneously where it still takes, you know, three days or 10 days to wire transfer, money from the United States to, you know, a foreign location. So, it's really it's amazing upgrade uh from 1.0 to 5.0 in 9 years. It's it's crazy.
2: All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Bill uliveri Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new GAINS episode drops, we drop GAINS episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Bill after the break. Back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Cenecal Capital Management in Glenview. Check out the website, CenecalCapital.com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E-Capital.com. Before we get back to it, Bill, wanted to let the GAINS listeners know, when we're talking about alt tokens, those are cryptocurrencies that are alternatives to Bitcoin. So you have Bitcoin, and then there's everyone else, alt tokens talking about some of these alt tokens just I wanted to ping you real quick in some of the tokens that you trade in I, I'm just pulling up my list to kind of give the gains listener some of the alt tokens that uh, I'm currently trading and I you, you know I'm a Doge guy from the very mm-hmm. very beginning so uh, Dogecoin obviously is one that I'm uh, pretty active with uh compound ticker CoMP. That's something that I've uh, been delving in. Of course, Litecoin, uh, one of the bigger ones. I've been a Shiba guy, so I've traded Shiba tokens as well. Um, I'm just looking down the list here. Stellar, uh, Ripple, Cardano, uh, there's a a whole host. What kind of, Ethereum Classic is one that I've been active with as well. Uh, When you're in the alt token game, what are you playing with um otherwise you know, beyond say Bitcoin? I always say I always dollar cost average into Bitcoin and Ethereum and then throw just some loose money at some of these other tokens. But what what are some of the projects or or crypto that you like besides Bitcoin and Ethereum?
3: Oh gosh, Andy, there's so many. Uh but honestly, you know, this universe of altcoins is a lot like buying uh, gold miners, you know the gold mining company, like Absolutely. Canadian gold miners that are trading for a few pennies a share or ten cents a share,
2: much more volatile. You know, like,
3: yeah, way more volatile. But if it hits, then it's going to be huge, right? You're, you're, you're take it's like little lottery tickets that almost never expire. So I kind of like that that idea. But some of my favorites are helium token, which is a um, they they have what's called, they have a a, a network of. It looks it looks like a Wi-Fi receiver that you would have in your own home, right? It looks like a router. And the Helium network is what is used to keep track of, say, the Internet of Things. Like, like when you rent a bicycle downtown and uh, you, you, you put in a credit card or you have an app and you can rent a, an electric scooter for a few hours, it's the Helium network or a network like that that keeps track of your location and the money that you spend to rent the bike. Or if you have um, a mouse trap that sends you a text message that you caught one, uses something like the helium network. Or when you go into use a car wash, a car wash has all these chemicals that are in the wash of, of, wax and cleanser and all these things that are inside the the temperature of the water are all used by are all have sensors attached to them. The sensors use Wi-Fi, and that Wi-Fi is connected to the Helium network. So you have all this interoperability between sensors and the Internet of Things. So I kind of dig Helium and IOTX, IOTA, IOTA. These are the Internet of Things. And that seems to be a really interesting place. Um, I I have a special place in my heart, of course, for all the ones that came to the game uh, early. Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Cardano, uh xlm or stellar stellar lumens stellar lumens and to be honest with you i'm it, it's always a little bit uncertain what kind of projects they're actually being successful on and
2: my point initially is sometimes and for a lot of us who trade this it really doesn't matter
3: no it it doesn't matter but it does i mean because it I mean, it's got be to uh,
2: yeah, be legit yeah it's got to be legit but yeah I'm, I'm sorry go ahead
3: so Bitcoin was designed from its inception to be a digital cash, right? A, a, a form of payment that was person-to-person without the need of a third-party intermediary or a bank or a credit union, right? Ethereum was meant to be a global operating system. So what does that mean, Andy? Well, it means that we have, you know, we, I started with DOS 3.0, DOS 5.0, DOS 8.0, Windows 3.1, Windows XP, Windows 11 right? You have Apple iOS, um, Unix, uh, you have all, you know, you have all these different computer languages and you can't always send a file globally unless you guys are on the same operating system. Well, Ethereum seeks to disrupt that and say, hey, let's build an operating system that all 8 billion people on the planet can use together. You don't need to convert files anymore from a PDF to a Word document to a Google document or a JSON file. Like there's just, there's so much inefficiency in the world in the way we program and create things. Let's create an operating system that is uses a, a unique standard that the whole globe can use. That's what Ethereum is supposed to be. And then Ethereum was taking a long time doing that. So then Solana came up with, um, developers have said let's let's build a operating system, a network that moves faster than Ethereum and is better than Ethereum. And I don't know that much about Solana to be honest with you, but it has a market cap of forty-seven billion dollars. And there's Cardano and Chainlink and Uniswap and Litecoin and Ethereum Classic. Ethereum Classic has a market cap of almost four billion dollars.
2: The gains listener always wants the you know brass tacks here. You know what's going to happen right away. What kind of alternative cur- uh, cryptocurrency should we get involved in here? So it's it's forecast time, Bill. So sure. what what is your forecast in the not too distant future? And that you know that's including uh, Bitcoin and some of the alt tokens that you talk about.
3: Well, I I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Bitcoin could follow its trajectory. Um, of something called the stock-to-flow ratio. Stock-to-flow ratio is what economists use to determine what the value is of gold, silver, corn, wheat, pork bellies. Like, it's, it's, it's how much is currently available versus how much do we consume. And Bitcoin, for the most part, has followed its stock-to-flow ratio, this economic model. Just like an option, in the world of options, we use Black Shoals model or, um, you know, different types of economic – mathematical models to project what something could be right and so bitcoin also has that and it's not out of the world to say that bitcoin could be at 1.3 million dollars in the next year and a half i don't see why that's a deal breaker okay so when we have 30 trillion of debt when we have this explosive um expansion in monetary policy when we have 10 trillion dollars of of debt coming due in the next month or two when we have the Eurozone just completely imploding, like all you have to do is look at the Euro dollar and see that that poor country has pillaged the net worth of its citizens by devaluing and debasing the currency. I honestly think $1.2 or $1.5 million Bitcoin, it's low, Andy. Like I used to think it was a high value. I thought it was an outrageous number. But – our debt's going to go from 30 trillion to 40 trillion to 60 trillion to 100 trillion, and right now our public debt is 120 percent of um, of our GDP, our gross domestic product. Like the United States creates, um, you know, m- money and and productivity, and it creates wealth. And our debt now, you can go to Federal Reserve website and look it up yourself. We're 120 percent of all we produce as a nation. Well, Japan's at 260% of what they produce. So I know that people are thinking, this we're done. We can't go any further. The U.S. can't have any more debt. We have to deal with this. I think we can kick the can for another 10 or 12 years. I don't see any reason why we can't go from 120% of GDP to 200% of GDP or 250%, like Japan. Why, why can't we do that here? And if that's true... I know this is going to sound crazy, but if we double our debt from here, we go from thirty trillion to sixty trillion or hundred trillion dollars, and our U.S. dollar gets debased even further. Why can't Bitcoin be four million a token? I, I I just don't tell me why. I mean, I don't know why. I think we can do it. And,
2: and and when we made our initial forecast, we we even talked after the podcast. You know that when we made that initial million dollar forecast. Sure. Bitcoin. I remember talking after not or not too long after our convo about and we were like, maybe we really kind of un- under forecasted. I know that sounds crazy. And at the time, but and, and the farther we get away from that. And, and here we are today. I, I'm with you. I think a million is really kind of lowballing the situation. And maybe we should be more in the four to five range. Um, but we'll, we'll stick with our forecast. Now, we've right. covered a ton of ground today. What's your final thoughts for the Gaines listener as they're interested in Bitcoin, crypto, and all this good stuff?
3: Listen, Jamie Dimon talks a big game about how he hates Bitcoin, how it should be outlawed, how nobody should be able to uh, to own it, and he'll fire all his employees for trading Bitcoin. But on the other hand, in a perfect and I don't blame him for this, like a perfect trader. You do that. You talk the opposite of your game, right? And he's building, he has already built a blockchain network for collateral. So you can, you can move collateral. You can move real estate. You can move inventory. If you're Boeing, you can move, or GE, you can move the value of your engines as collateral through his network. It's called the Onyx network. So, Global GDP maybe is $65 trillion. We'll have to double-check that. You'll be able to move collateral around the world, not in weeks, months, or years, but you'll be able to use collateral in 10 seconds globally. And it's going to be his network that's going to be able to facilitate that. It's the Onyx Blockchain Collateral Network. This whole world, everything we do, moves on collateral You lend on it, you borrow on it, you buy with it, you use it as a down payment. So if Jamie Dimon or JP Morgan is built a collateral network so that U.S. treasuries and money markets and and commercial real estate and real estate investment trusts and everything will be collateral can flow through this network, you think that a million dollars in Bitcoin is a high target? I think it's an incredibly low target. And that's the world that we're moving to. AI, artificial intelligence, blockchain, robotics, the instantaneous flow of money. We're going to see money move faster than the speed of, well, as fast as the speed of light in the next 10 or 15 years. And the world's not going to look like anything the way it does today. And that's where we're headed. And I don't know what it's going to look like. All I know, is it's not going to look like what we have today. And that's incredibly exciting. And it's a bit scary, to be honest with you.
2: Big thanks to Bill Ilaveri, owner of Seneco Capital Management in Glenview. Check out his website, com. That's C-E-N-A-C-L-E-capital.com. All right, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back next Wednesday morning, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey.